This podcast episode is sponsored by Navy Pro Tools. As business owners of Ever Pretty Beauty Studio, we understand the importance of using the highest quality tools and hygiene products. We instantly fell in love with Navy Pro Tools when we first invested in their cuticle pushers named Ethel and Doris. Their titanium coating gives them their signature gold look, but also helps minimise cross-contamination, and we were blown away by their precision. Hygiene has always been a top priority in the studio, and using the Navy three-step hygiene process has allowed us to work safely and effectively, giving us full confidence. Navy's hygiene system has been created with the help from Dr Fenton, an infection prevention and control expert. If you wish to place an order, you can use our code PRETTY10 for 10% discount. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Beauty Edit podcast, a podcast solely dedicated to the nail and beauty industry. Do you want to tell everyone who we'll be chatting to today? Yeah, of course. Um, today we're chatting to Meta Francis, who most people will know is Nails by Mets, um, the award-winning mobile nail technician and nail artist. Yeah, it's been a topic that a lot of people have asked us to cover, and we're hoping that this episode will give you a real insight into the life of being a mobile nail technician so that you can weigh up the pros and cons when deciding what direction to take your business. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat to Meta today. Both me and you have experienced being mobile at some points of our career. Yeah. How did you how did you find being mobile? At the time I really enjoyed it. It was very much like girl boss. Like I got in my car my little polo and I drove around and I went from like little town to little town and then I had all my cash and then I'd like stop for a lunch break. So I did enjoy it. But I think carrying all my equipment around got the better of me eventually. Yeah. And I think it's great in the summer months, but maybe not so much when you're having to cart all your equipment in and out and the weather's pouring down or yeah. freezing and it's snowing. I honestly don't know how Mets does it, carrying all of a kit around London as well, London of all places. So it's going to be really good to get an insight into her life, especially. Yeah, I'm hoping Meta can share some top tips and tricks. She's been doing this for about 10 years now, so there must be a secret to it. Yeah, there must be. So shall we welcome Meta? Yeah, let's. Hi, Meta. Hi. Hi, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. I'm so excited. I love the podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Every time somebody says that to us, we like blush a little I bit. Know, don't I, we? My cheeks have just gone red. And now it's yeah. brilliant. And you've had such a great first season, like all with your incredible guests. I can't believe it's gone by so quickly. I can't. 22 episodes, it just went like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been fun. Yeah, it has. And it kept us very busy during lockdown. Yeah. I can imagine, yeah. yeah. It's been really yeah. lovely listening to it, actually, during lockdown. But also now, now that I'm on the road, I listen to podcasts when I'm driving. So it's like yeah. the perfect time to catch up. That's what I do. But I've been driving to work and I'm so embarrassed because I keep laughing at myself. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I just think, I, I say things and then I'm just laughing and I'm like, oh God, I bet if people could see me, they'll think I'm a right loony car laughing. <laughs> I wonder away. I wonder if you're laughing at yourself yeah. or with yourself. <laughs> um at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to one with Isabel and I and I've gone and said, Yeah, can't wait, lashes back, da 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 can't wait to have my tash waxed. <laughs> like, just declare I... it to the world. Yeah, I'm like, why did I even say that? <laughs> Honestly. So we wanted to create an episode on or surrounding the topic owning a mobile business and we thought what better person to have than Nails by Mets. Yeah. Um, so to get us started, um, one of the first questions we wanted to ask you was what made you decide to go mobile? So for me, it was really out of convenience, but also my own need because at the time I was a technology consultant that was like my main job but I always wanted to go and get my nails done like look after myself because I just loved nails um you know from a, from being a young girl I loved doing them myself yeah. like giving them a nice little bath going down to like the local super drug to buy different polishes 
But then when I started actually working in the corporate world and, you know, I actually had money to go and treat myself, I just did not have the time to go to a salon. And um, I was working like Monday to Friday away from home on different projects and things like that. So I never wanted to come back to London and then like go and spend my time in a salon. So I just thought, surely there's other people like me. And um, at the time, I wanted to start my own business. So it was a case of, hmm, what do I enjoy? What could I really have a career in? And I thought, hmm, yeah. could be that. And then when I thought about my own need of wanting somebody to actually come to my house rather than going somewhere, that's sort of where the idea stemmed from. And um, because I always knew that it wasn't something I would just start doing straight away, it was something that I would slowly build and do alongside um, my corporate job. It just made so much more sense um, rather than, you know, taking on premises and having, you know, those overheads. And um, I thought if I'm mobile, I can do it around my day job. I can do it evenings, weekends, yeah. um, anytime I wasn't, you know, working, working, so to speak. And that, that's pretty much where it stemmed from. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why most people um, do go mobile is for the convenience, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the flexibility to be able to work your own hours and work around your children or any other commitments that you've got or even another job like you've just said. Um, it is a really good way to get started. Yeah, definitely. And also, I must say, for myself, I really love the variety and the diversity of what I do I'm you know I, I don't go to like the same workplace every single day and doing that in my corporate job got quite boring I like yeah. to sort of move around I'm a bit of a traveler so I like to you know travel around to different people's homes I'm quite nosy so I like to see <laughs> homes and you know environments and things like that so I just personally felt that being in a salon environment would be too restrictive for my personality and the type of person that I am which is why you know being mobile just works perfectly for me and um, that's why that's why I thought mm, this could be a thing. <laughs> so have you ever worked in a salon or rented a room anywhere or anything like that or have you always been mobile? I've always been mobile um the closest I would say to working in a salon is um when I used to work every now and again from Hunter Collective which is basically like a co-work space for hairdressers nail technicians um and, you know beauty people beauty professionals um basically it's like a members club so I was involved from the very beginning before they had even launched they found me and they contacted me to ask whether I thought it would work for nail technicians um you know and I just helped to give them a few ideas so at the beginning I would hire or I would book some clients there it's based in Farringdon in London um and then I would pop up at their location take a few clients yeah. there um you know pack up and then go home but personally even that felt very restricted for me and I didn't love it as much as doing the mobile work um I wasn't there often and it did work when I had um clients who lived outside of like my travel or my mobile service radius um but it just wasn't something that I could see myself doing you know long term or many days a week yeah, yeah. on it like on a permanent yeah basis um do you find do you work within a certain area then meta within London yeah um and do you charge like anything for going out of that area or do you just stay stay within you know your set your set mileage yeah so what I do now um because I'm almost like 10 years into my business no I, way. Um, I didn't realize yeah it's been 10 years so like the first I think it was the first four years I did it alongside my corporate job but then I left um, when I was on maternity leave or really at the end of my maternity, because um, when I did go on maternity leave, I said, OK, I'm going to use this year. I'm going to use this time off to obviously look after my baby, <laughs> but obviously <laughs> the business. And I thought this is my opportunity to see whether, you know, it can become the career that I want it to be. Yeah. And my goal was to make sure that, you know, it would either bring in the same, if not more money than my corporate job. Um, so that was the goal and then I left and then for five years I um, 
or for the last six years, I've focused just on nails by Mets. Um, but at the beginning, I would literally travel everywhere. I live in South London. I live in Croydon. And I would travel like to the to the furthest north part of London <laughs> to visit clients. Um, and as I mentioned, I would see clients on the way back from work. So I used to sometimes work in Bracknell, which is near Reading. So I would um, go and visit clients on the way home, like in West London. And I would literally be all over the place. But now I'm a bit more selective because obviously I can't do that. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not sustainable. So now my pricing is based on a five mile radius from my base location. So from Croydon. Um, and it's up to half an hour's travel um, one way. So my prices take that into consideration. So if anybody is outside of that area, I can definitely travel there, but there's a, what I call an excess travel fee. So I work it out based on like the mileage, the additional mileage and the additional time that it would take, plus any congestion charge fees or any parking fees or anything in addition. Yeah, I was going to mention that, obviously with you working just solely within London mm-hmm. um, I bet it's a nightmare isn't it, with the congestion and um, yeah. parking and things like that mm-hmm. and I it's... guess time wise as well getting from one client to another yeah you know it might not be such a long distance but within traffic by and... the time you've gone the long way around <laughs> like London seems to always mm-hmm. work yeah <laughs> there's never a direct route it's anywhere yeah. in London it's always like round the houses <laughs> yeah and it's it's actually more difficult now because um the congestion charge it used to be up to I think it was like six o'clock or six thirty Monday to Friday but they've actually extended it until 10 o'clock in the evening oh. now and it's seven days a week so that obviously bumps up the price considerably because it's like 15 pounds um, so I'm adding £15 onto any clients who are within the congestion zone area, plus, um, you know, any additional parking. So, you know, it does, it, there's a knock on effect. Before I was try and book those clients, you know, um, outside of the congestion charge hours, because number one, the traffic yeah. is less, it's less busy. Um, but just because then, you know, neither myself or um, the client would have to incur those fees. So we sort of mentioned about the pros being the fact that there's no rent pay it's quite flexible obviously you mentioned that you enjoyed it because it's a different atmosphere every day you get to go see those different people at their homes but what would you say some of the biggest cons to being mobile so what I would probably say is that you know unlike working in a salon when there's where there's other professionals you kind of don't have that sort of community feel with other um you know if you're based in like a hair salon, you don't get to know the other hairdressers or the other beauticians or beauty professionals. It is, you know, very much yourself. You know, I'm one person, I'm traveling to the client and I'm coming back. You know, you don't really have that, um, like that yeah, working got, team, if that yeah, makes you sense. Have, you don't have that support, do you? Of, exactly, no, yeah. Just so running an idea back past somebody or... Asking for reassurance. Yeah. Or, exactly, yeah. And it's, you know, I've got people who are WhatsApp or who are message, but it's not the same as, you know, going into somewhere, you know, having a chat with them over, you know, a cup of coffee, like on your break or anything like that. So it is a little bit different. And I must say, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about Hunter Collective when I was there, because, you know, I'd get to know all of the hairstylists um, some of the other nail technicians. And yeah, it was just fun. It was a community feel. So when you're by yourself, it is very much like going to the client coming home or go straight to the other client and yeah it can it can get a bit lonely sometimes because of that um what I would also say sometimes the travel can just be a bit draining yeah I feel like at the moment it's taking me so much longer to do things like setting up and like packing down and doing all these things because just with COVID I, I feel like everything's taking longer <laughs> and yeah, it's, um, that, haven't we? say that again We've noticed that just even like when you have a base and you're in in the salon, it is taking us not just longer for like cleaning, but longer hand washing. Yeah, it's getting the client in and getting yeah. the client out. That seems mm-hmm. to be taking time. Not the cleaning in between the clients. It's the telling the clients. So at the moment, we're asking them to wait in the cars. So by the time we've actually physically gone down the 
3,000 <laughs> stairs that we have to do to get to the front door, to wave at them, to get them in, to ask them the mask, get them to wash their hands, get them to fill out a form. You're like literally 10, 15 minutes yeah. into your treatment time and I haven't even started. Yeah. And then so, yeah. for me being mobile, I have a lot of kits. <laughs> because I yeah. take, like... I take a table, I take chairs, um, or I take like stools, um, you know, then I can take my nail kit. So it's actually a lot of things to carry. So from a physical point of view, it's a lot, you know, if you're based in a salon or you've got um, a base, you probably just have to take it there once, stay there yeah. the whole day and take it home or even leave it there. But I literally mm-hmm. have to like pack it, take it to the car, unpack it for the next client. It's a lot. I don't know how you've done it for so long, Meta, for 10 yeah. years. What about when it's thick as snow and and you just thought, oh, I just want to sack this off? <laughs> do you know what? I I think I just genuinely really love it because I don't yeah. just do private clients. I do a lot of um, like corporate gigs as well. Um, so like well-being days. And then, then I'll have like a team come on board, like a Nails by Mets team. Or I do a lot of pop-up um, events with like different brands, like, either in store with the likes of like French Connection, River Island, people like that. Um, and I also do some session work. So it just feels like everything is completely different. No two days yeah. are the same. But yeah. I think, I think you're right. If I was doing like Monday to Friday, Monday to Sunday, back to back mobile clients, I would get bored of it quite quickly. But because I it's think, quite varied, it's it's nice. Yeah, I think even regardless of whether you got bored of it or not, I think the strain of carrying all the kit packing it into the car lifting carrying it's gonna put a strain on your body and yeah I'm I'm definitely we're a few weeks in now and I'm I'm not going to lie there have been a few times where I just wanted to just throw my kit at the door and just be like oh (laughs) or like if there's been a few clients that have had like new clients where they've had like no elevator no lift and it's just been like okay I feel like I'm gonna die right now (laughs) I just want to throw this down the stairs (laughs) But yeah, I, I'm doing like a hoist, you know, and just throw it over side at building. Oh my gosh, that, that would be the best thing ever. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I personally, I try to do a lot of like stretching and yogury type stuff yeah. just to make sure that you know I'm looking after my body as well because it, it is a lot. <laughs> yeah, and we only get one body. I mean, exactly. me and Shelby's posture is terrible from yeah being sat at a desk doing nails. Um, yeah I think I remember you saying in your in one of your previous episodes yeah (laughs) and actually I remember I think I was listening in the car and I you know after I heard that I just made the conscious effort to like properly sit up as I was trying to yeah you do it's like me and Shelby are doing it now yeah I've got to say yoga is one of the only things that I found that like I felt a benefit from you know Mm -hmm. afterwards um like so where we're based it's a gym downstairs and they, they have a yoga suite so sometimes after work, I'd go to yoga and it was the only thing. And I used to come out of it and I'd be like, oh, I feel so much better and so much more relaxed. And like I, one one of my shoulders always has like a burning sensation. And I think it's just how, how I sit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I do think yoga is really good for stretching. And it's even good to relax after the end, end oh, of the day. 100%. 100%. And actually what I would recommend to all nail technicians is to get like a foam roller oh yeah I've got a foam roller and I've got the balls yeah yeah. (laughs) just have a rollabout on one of them yeah but I think I got one um because earlier this year I was in like a car accident um yeah they recommended it for like my wrist um and it was just so good so even now anytime like my arms or my wrists are aching I'll use that and then I've got um like this back this automated back massager thing which um you know when we go to places like the ideal home exhibition and places yeah. like that it was one of those because um actually with nails by mets we were doing a pop-up event uh, or we did the pop-up nail bar at um this big exhibition and um they had one of these stands and at the end of the exhibition I said okay how much for one of these um even if it's just the display one he was like oh you can have the display one for 50 pounds you've only used it for the show and I was like oh my gosh amazing and because they had about five I went back and I told my team, I was like, girls, I've literally just bought this, so go and buy one. And we all bought them. <laughs> but oh. it's, so, it's so good. It makes such a difference. I'd have been like, ship me one. <laughs> Get me one and ship me it. I'll pay the postage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do have to look after your body. 
whether you're mobile or in salon mm-hmm. or, you know, 100%. session teching. I mean, session, being a session tech as well, there's a lot of crouching and... Yeah, getting yeah, into uncomfortable yeah. places. Yeah. yeah. I always take like time. a fold-up chair now, either if it's um like a smaller stool, which is one that I use for pedicures, or a higher one. And actually, I did a shoot last week and I'm really glad I had mine because there were no chairs. So I was like, okay, <laughs> where am I yeah. going to sit? <laughs> and we've got to look after ourselves, haven't we, though? You know, yeah, be a bit more conscious that, you know, we're probably not going to be able to work forever doing mm-hmm. this. You know, it's stressful on his body. So just try and do what you can to to keep you supple and <laughs> not a loader. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So how do you actually transport your kit? I'm assuming you drive from client to client, but do you have certain cases and bags? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I drive pretty much everywhere. Although bef- before COVID, in all honesty, if I did have a client in central London, I would take public transport, but just because of the current environment, I'm not doing that. I'm driving everywhere. Um, I've got a Rue Beauty Lola Bell case. Um, I'm always posting about it. And actually, I just did a YouTube video of an unboxing and showing people how I pack it which Ooh. is honestly it's the best case I've ever had um you know I've tested out a few um but for me it's pretty well, I don't want to say lightweight because once it's packed it is heavy but it is a lot hot, lighter than some of the other solutions that are out there and it's just super handy like I can pack everything I need into it so it comes with like a trolley bit and then there's a bag bit but you can attach that to the trolley so it just makes it easier to pull along um and then I've got a, a variety of different bags like I've got some nails by mix like jutes bags if my kit is a bit smaller um, I, and I don't need everything um but yeah I would definitely say for anybody that's mobile you need something on wheels because I have had things that have not been on wheels or I've taken just like the carry part of my kit and I've always regretted it because you think once you've packed it, you're like, oh, this feels quite light. But say, for example, if I'm traveling into central London, I have to walk from like my car to the station and it gets starts to get very, starts yeah. to get heavy very quickly. Um, or even just walking from my car to my client's house. Um, it just, if you're not pulling something, it can put a lot of strain on like your shoulders or your arms. Um, so yeah, that would be my top tip for a mobile technician. And just um, and with my with my um, like foldable chairs and things, I just kind of hook them onto the the trolley, so it's it's just easier to pull. A bit like a one man band. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like a bag lady. <laughs> and, now, and now I've got a table as well, so that's you know that's another thing to carry. Oh my god! Yeah, because I mean, do you remember that time, Shelby, when you went to a client's? Because Shelby did a little bit of time mobile. Yeah, so um, I, I mean, used we both have. Did you hate both. it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I sort of like. I did. I hate it. I didn't hate going to the clients' houses. I felt very much like independent woman. Like mm-hmm. I could come and go whenever I wanted. It was like I was going out of the house at eight, nine o'clock in the morning saying bye to mum and dad and then I'd rock back in at seven eight o'clock at night with all my cash and I'd be like wait (laughs) but um, but I didn't like how much time I was spending in the car traveling and I could just never get clients to coordinate so like one would be on one side of Wakefield and then the other one would be on the other side of Wakefield and then I'd have another one back at the other side of Wakefield and I could never just get them to coordinate so that I was doing a bit of a route um but I mean my kit was just looking back now I think what were I thinking so I had like um it was like a Stanley toolbox yeah right that I got from like B&Q but I took all the stickers and branding off of it so it was just like a black and yellow case took, do you know what I took that to um to tip it needed to go <laughs> good it needed to go but it was so obvious it was a toolbox because it was black and yellow yeah. like it was just so obvious <laughs> the thing was there wasn't anything available no yeah. but it like came with two sections so it had like a bottom section which had put like my wax pot in and my bigger equipment my couch roll and then the top box like clipped onto it so it had wheels but then if I were just doing nails I'd just carry the top section in and leave my yeah. wax and stuff in the bottom so it did work and it was very handy but it just didn't look very professional no um, I bet if you put some pretty um stickers on it now though it'd probably yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 
then people probably thought Shelby were pulling up to do plumbing or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did once go to a lady's house and I never, I used to say like, you know, like I used to do it over the corner of a table and I'd, I'd take yeah. towels and protective stuff, but I wouldn't take my own chairs and table. Mm-hmm. And I rocked up to a new client's and she was in an apartment, which I did know about, but then I didn't think about it. And when I got there, she was like, oh, I'm moving house tomorrow. So I've got rid of all my furniture. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, um, and she literally had nothing, no workspace. She literally had a bean bag in the living room. Oh, my gosh. And we were both stood there thinking what we were going to do. And I thought, we're just going to have to sit on the floor on bean bags here. But then she came up with the amazing idea of using her ironing board. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> honestly, honestly, that hour and a half that I was there was the most hectic hour and a half because she also had a cockapoo who was absolutely <laughs> bonkers and it was in my box the whole time oh and I was having to do the nail on an ironing board knelt down mm-hmm. whilst trying to control the dog oh gosh <laughs> you, know, when you, you know when you think if anyone's seeing this like if yeah. anyone's a fly on the wall in here it's it, this is made for tv this is tv gold <laughs> yeah. I bet you've got a, a lot of stories like that Meta yeah I mean definitely animals <laughs> there were there was one time this was like really early on in my career I had um like a regular client and usually we would do the nails in her living room but her family were visiting because she she's originally from Singapore so we went into her bedroom and um it was all set up and by the way this was before I even had like tables and things because probably only until a year and a half ago or maybe two years I didn't actually carry a table I just used to use what the clients had but then I was like no this is I need a proper table um and chairs um but yeah we were set up in her bedroom and she had two um two cats um I don't know what they're called but you know the ones that look like cheetahs the che- they've got cheetah print um oh, I don't uh, know. but yeah they were <laughs> they were quite playful and one of them was literally it was hanging on the door so it was like <laughs> you had like two legs on either side of the door and I was by the door so I was super nervous and I kept saying to her are you sure your cat's not going to jump on me are you sure and she's like no my cat's never done that <laughs> she, she definitely wouldn't she wouldn't she wouldn't so is that okay so I'm like doing the you know I'm just getting on with the service I was giving her gel manicure and then the other cat comes along pushes the door and lo and behold cat that's hanging <laughs> off literally goes ladies it was literally like it jumped onto my back and you know when it's like all of its claws were in my bag. Oh, no. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> and yeah. So that, so that cat basically gouged out my bag. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. I can't believe it. We're laughing, but it's so not funny at the time. It's is it? not funny at all. Like, I was just like, I was horrified. But then my client was super horrified as well. And then I just wanted to go home and like look at the damage. And I had like, obviously, my back was bleeding. <laughs> yeah it was well I didn't get a tetanus maybe I should (laughs) but I was like why did that happen but yeah that um yeah but there's been other times as well where clients have had dogs which are a little bit like crazy like you mentioned um and kind of just like all in your kit but now um you know I ask clients to let me know if they have got pets well most of the time they'll tell me and they'll say are you okay with pets most of the time I find them like cats love me they love my kit they always want to come and say hello to me it's like I'm the cat whisperer but they you know, um I think there's only been one time a, cl- a client had like a massive dog and she had to like um like lock it away and I'm not joking this dog just throughout the whole appointment sounded like it was going to break down the door and I was just like oh my gosh you, you know it's quite stressful yeah. you know you're like trying to work and all you can hear is like boom <laughs> oh my gosh what is this it's gonna come through the door in any moment yeah like literally <laughs> one of my clients she's a client of mine now in salon and I think I did her in salon and then I went mobile so I went to a house and then she's come back to the salon mm-hmm. and I knew she had a dog and I knew it was obviously a biggish dog because she showed me photos and you can tell <laughs> But my God, I was not prepared for how big it was when I walked through the door. Really? It jumped up at me and it was bigger than me. I mean, I'm not oh the tallest God. person in the world. But let me think, what type of dog is it? It's like a, it's a dual looks dog, isn't it? Oh, yeah. the big fluffy, like, yeah. fluffy dog. Huge, absolutely massive. And, I, and I'm and i not even afraid of dogs. But when mm. it jumped up at me, I was like, Sarah, I'm really sorry, but like, I'm, 
I'm really nervous. <laughs> like, yeah. can yeah. we please do something? And luckily, her husband works from home. So her husband shouted the dog upstairs and then she put the baby gear on. I was like, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit off-putting when things like that happen, but, you know, I just try to keep my cool. <laughs> Like, what do they say? Never work with animals or children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've also once been to a new client's house and I got there and I walked in and it was like one child and then another child and then another child. And then I was like, oh my God, it's like the Von Traps. And they were like, I'm not joking. She had six children and they were all really young and every single one of them was like, hi, Shelby. Like, do you have a boyfriend? Hi, Shelby. <laughs> One of them saying, "Do you have children?" I was like twenty-one at the time. I was like, "No, why not?" I was like, "I don't know." I must say though that that's you know the great thing about being mobile is that you are going into somebody else's environment, and you know they they're welcoming you in so that they can enjoy your service around like their family time or around their pets and things like that. And that's something that you can't really have in a salon. So like your lady there yeah. with like six kids, she would never be able to go no. to the salon. So to have, you know, somebody like myself go and visit them, it's like such a nice thing because that person can actually have a bit of a pamper or have a bit of a treat. And I think that's what I really love about being mobile as well. Do you think people then value your services a little bit more for that reason? I hope so. I mean... The way I market my service um, and Nails by Mets, I market it as like a premium mobile nail service. And I know that some people might think, oh, you know, you're mobile, so you should be like significantly cheaper because you don't have the overheads and things like that. I don't have that point of view. My actual opinion is that, well, actually, I'm mobile, so I'm coming to you. It's actually a luxury service. It was one of the questions I wanted to ask you because for some reason, um, the public's have this impression that if you're mobile whether that's um, a beauty therapist a nail tech a hairdresser a barber if you're going to them just in our industry as well they Mm -hmm. expect us to be cheaper and I'm Mm -hmm. like I can't get my head round I know we've no overheads but you've got the running of your car you've got the tax you know you're having to buy new tires petrol Mm -hmm. um and the time yeah but like you say though um it's a premium service it's, and it's convenient um it and, and for any other service for convenience you always pay a premium yeah if you do shopping online and you choose like the premium next day delivery you're going to pay extra for it because you're, mm-hmm. you're expecting them to deliver it or to come to you rather than you going out to the shop yeah. you can always go out to the shop to go and get it if you want to but actually you want the convenience of that service being brought to you you know yeah. if, you take, if you get takeout sometimes you have to pay a delivery fee and things like that and you know so that's the way that I um sort of put my business out there and luckily I do attract those sorts of clients who really appreciate that value that I provide and that extra service because like I said as well um I do a lot of evening appointments so it's the same sort of corporate clients who I used to be who they don't want to go to a salon after work, after a long day at work, <laughs> a stressful day at work. You know, they don't. They just want to be at home, maybe in their PJs or with a glass of wine, chilling in front of the TV, getting pampered. <laughs> who wouldn't want that, you know? And why should that be cheaper? Yeah, do you come to Yorkshire? <laughs> so, but, you know, whenever, when I'm up there next week, I'm coming. <laughs> I, want to, I want to go to um, your salon, so... <laughs> How's that going to work? Yeah, we'll do a trade-off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I totally agree with you with regards to charging for a premium service, and I also do think it does attract a higher level of client. And I know mm-hmm. I don't want that to sound snobby, but from also from a safety point of view mm-hmm. as well, you know you sort of know that these people are serious about paying that money for a premium service and you're almost going to feel you're going to a safe environment. Yeah. Has there ever been a point where you've felt like you've been put in a vulnerable position or you've gone to an area that you've maybe pulled up and thought, I'm not sure if I like this area? Mm-hmm. There was definitely one time um, it... I had a, it was a new client and actually she turned out to be absolutely fine. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, just it, even the conversation that we'd had on the phone, I wasn't sure. So I thought, okay, when I ask this person to pay the non-refundable booking fee, they're just not going to pay it. <laughs> but she did. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I did my due diligence. So obviously people knew where I was and I like looked up the area and things like that. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go because it sounds legit <laughs> but I'm still you know when I get there I'm still going to like check in and things like that and um it was fine it was absolutely fine um but I think it wasn't like my usual client um if that makes sense and I think it was a big luxury for that person to book me and um I almost felt bad do you know what I mean because she was yeah. actually quite old the lady um and I don't know I just felt a bit bad taking her money because I you know my prices are premium and I almost felt like saying oh I want to charge you less but you know you can't really say that and you know what it is ladies okay I'll be really honest now when I turned up at her home it was very it was unsanitary and un- unsanitary it was unhygienic do you know what I mean like the environment yeah. wasn't very clean yeah and it felt neglectful and it was really sad because I was like oh my gosh I wasn't sure if this was like the way the lady lived normally but it's almost like I wanted to really help her I don't know that I don't know that's making any sense I'd have been been exactly the same I'd have been like it don't matter (laughs) (laughs) I am so soft yeah so that I think that was that was quite awkward for me because it was a situation where I was like this doesn't feel right that I'm coming in and I'm charging this lady so much money for my mobile now service because I just felt like she needed a bit of help elsewhere if that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. needed to maybe spend her money on the essentials rather than the luxuries yeah or not even that but just I don't know I felt like just somebody to talk to that's exactly what it was I felt like i I sort of became that person where you know she really looked forward to seeing me and obviously I didn't want to cut that off but at the same time I was a bit worried for her almost like I would have been and I was so worried to the point that like I messaged like a nail um some nail text and I was like do you think I should like not report her but say you know get in contact with somebody to say yeah that maybe this lady might need some extra assistance with like where she's living she might need somebody to just go in and help her clean and like look after the house and things like that you know so that so that's a bit of a difficult situation when things like that happen um but luckily I don't have you know too many bad experiences or things like that um I think there was one where um I was booked by somebody's PA it was like um like a VIP client um but the PA didn't really book my services properly he didn't book like a man a pedicure he just booked for like nail services um for a manicure service and then um like five minutes before I'm due he calls me and he's like oh could you do a pedicure as well and it's like well no because I don't have that kit with me um yeah. and then when I arrived at the home I could tell that there was a bit of tension between the PA and obviously the uh, client yeah. because the client was like well how is she going to do a pedicure and I was like well I can do a dry pedicure with you know gel polish she was like, no, I need to have my nails, my feet soaked. Da, da, da. And she was like sitting in um almost like the living room area. And I was like in the corridor and he was in the room talking to her. So as she was saying this, I sort of went to the doorway to speak to her because it was a bit weird that she wasn't speaking directly to me. And then she was like, no, don't come in here. You're not coming in here. And oh. that sort of thing really puts me off. At that point, I was literally ready to go. So I, when the PA came out, I said, I'm going now so if she doesn't want to have my manicure service that's fine I'm going to invoice you and I'm going to leave now and but he was really apologetic because obviously it was his fault um but I think he was trying to save his own skin or also trying not to throw me under the bus too much but still trying to throw me under the bus Um, (laughs) you probably got sacked after you left I think but that situation was awful because just awkward didn't it it was awkward but also I felt like the way she spoke to me was literally like I was dirt at the bottom of her shoe and it was just so disgusting and I'm a really strong person it doesn't take a lot for me to be like upset or you know sensitive and things like that but I was really like 
wow, that's really how she views me. She just views me as just this any person who's coming to like give her a manicure, almost like a servant. And yeah. I thought, no, I'm not involved. I do not, I do not want this client at all. Um, and things like that can, you know, really put things into perspective um, for me. I, and I think I, that's the same for the industry, though. I yeah. think, I think definitely what's come out of lockdown is that it's raised yeah. our profile um, mm-hmm. as an industry, um, and that it's not just got this stereotypical blonde no education no degrees behind us no business sense you know I think it's definitely raised people's perception of of what nail techs and mobile techs and hairdressers and things like that um which I definitely feel it needed a hundred percent I think people are really you know being aware of the power of our industry yeah and just being like, okay, these are not women who, you know, were high school dropouts or, you know, mm-hmm. these are not women who are uneducated. You know, we're one of the most educated industries. We're a bunch of yeah. entrepreneurs and business owners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes when we're being trained, you know, like anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. And people don't realise, you know, we can name all the bones of, of the skull and you know all these kind of things they think it's just a case of I don't know just slapping a bit of polish on yeah, yeah. it's not because artists don't, oh, 100%. don't get seen in the same light so yeah. and to be honest that's why whenever somebody calls me and they're like you know and they question like my pricing or anything I just have to make it really clear that this is why my pricing is what it is and also from my point of view it's an educational opportunity to make people mm-hmm. understand you know what it is that we do as you said you know we're continuously training we're continuously um you know taking on the best products and you know things like that and it's just making people aware of that yeah yeah understanding how skilled we are it's not something you know painting now is actually not that easy (laughs) or painting it well (laughs) (laughs) it's not honestly um there's been some clients that have attempted it during lockdown. Oh gosh! <laughs> and they've made such disasters of the yeah. nails. Um, and I think they've realised they've come to value, you know, what we do. Yeah. And they're like, well, actually, you make it, and they've actually said it. Some of them, you've make it look so easy. Yeah. And we're like, that's because we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So one of the other things I wanted to ask you, if so okay is do you just predominantly do nails and pedicures or do you do other treatments do you do any kind of waxing or any any other spray tans or anything like that no so I am a nail specialist so I specialize in just nails and um it's something that I've considered like I considered maybe doing like lash lifts or tans but in all honesty it's like I think those treatments are amazing, but it's not it's not something that I personally feel super passionate about. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what, let me focus on nails. Um, you know, because I still don't feel like I'm the best of the best. You know, there's always something new to learn. So I'm like, let me just focus on that and you know, later on down the line I might add other treatments. Um, but I think I'm still in love with nails and I still love what I do at the moment. So I mean, maybe that's not the best thing because if I added other treatments, I could obviously do those treatments at the same time. Um, but for now, I think nails is good. <laughs> I think it's the logistics of all the extra kit as well yeah. that comes with, you know, waxing, for instance. You know, you've got your waxing couch. You've got your, how mm-hmm. you warm your wax to keep it warm before you get to your client's house. Yeah. And spray tanning's a nightmare. Um, you know, you don't want to damage anybody's carpets or anything like that so it's really difficult and hats hats off to anybody that does all treatments mobile because it's so difficult I know trying to get it into my little blue Clio when I used to do all treatments and like Shelby you used to have a polo didn't you yeah waxing couch were like shoved into a three-door polo (laughs) yeah you had to like pull the seats forward on the three-door cart and then like almost rest it on like in the foot wells oh, yeah. and then 
it had metal clips on the side which just bashed into the car so when I came to sell the car it had massive dints oh, in it wasn't a pretty sight yeah and and I think just because as you mentioned my kit is so big already yeah. <laughs> to start adding more things it's like okay no I'm good <laughs> I'm good so if you know a client is having a pedicure do you just take your pedicure things and do you reorganize your kit or do you almost have like a kit for pedicures, a kit for manicures, mm-hmm. and then do you keep everything in your car or? Yeah, so I don't keep anything in my car just because I'm really paranoid in case somebody breaks into it and steals yeah. things. <laughs> um, so I've got different kits. So I've got one kit bag for my CNG equipment and my um, CNG colors and um, products, etc. Then I've got a kit for my gelish things. I've got a bag for like my pedicure kit, which goes onto on top of each trolley, so that every time I've got a client, I I kind of know well I pretty much know whether they're going to have C and D or or gelish, so I can take the relevant trolley, and then if they're having a pedicure, I'll take the pedicure bag as well, um, and that's just because before I would only have like one kit bag, I'd have one trolley, and it would be a case of taking things out, repacking it for the next day, and that just takes a lot of time, and I don't have time for that, so I just thought let's have a separate kit bag. Yeah, that sounds organised, very yeah. organised. I mean, yeah. It's taken me a long time to get there, but now I know exactly what I need, what needs to be in, in each bag and, you know, where everything is. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I, go on. Oh, sorry, Shell. So I was going to say, I guess that sort of helps in you working, you know, efficiently, which then mean, means you can get things done quicker um, by being organised. Yeah. The, organi- the organization definitely helps um but you know what I would say I would say that when I'm at my client's home I probably spend a little bit longer than what I need to just because with the service you know it is a personalized service so I never want it to be like a rushing in doing the service rushing back out um I always take that little bit longer obviously this new client to kind of talk them through what I'm doing and then just having that personal time to like chat to them if they want to chat with me and things like that um because the more time I spend with my clients you know the the more the longer they've been with me the more it sort of seems like you're just going to visit a friend yeah but I think it's a nice feeling yeah it is and I think again that's what people really appreciate rather than you know having somebody come in and it's almost like a stranger each time where they're just in and out yeah when you're mobile you really do get to know your client because you know you're in their home you're with their families you know you really spend that time in their environment yeah do you take every color that you've got so if you knew you were doing a cnd shellac treatment would you take every color in in your collection or do you sort of say to them well do you want a nude or are you thinking <laughs> pink um but, or do you just take everything so i used to take like the whole shellac kit but um I would get people to fill out a consultation form prior to their appointment and one of the questions is what sorts of colors do you like so that would usually give me an indication so what I would do is what I used to do is I might um take a sample and put that in one bag one like mini Rue Beauty polish bag and then I might actually keep the rest of them in the car like hidden yeah. and then obviously if I go to the client they're like oh actually I want to try something completely different I'll be like okay cool I have that in the car so it's there just in case um but to be honest with my Rue Beauty case it comfortably held all of my shellac colors so that was never a problem to carry them all it was just obviously a bit heavy um but now with Covid I just want to reduce the amount of things that I'm taking into the client's home so I'm yeah. asking them beforehand and then I'm taking like a curated selection of colors of things you know somebody's like yeah. oh I'd like a classic red you know I've got like five, <laughs> five <different> red. <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like that so um but my, you know all my clients they've been ha- they've been fine with that they they pretty much know what they want or they're like actually I'm not so sure so could you bring you know a few bright colors or a few pastels so I'll just bring a selection what else have you been doing in relation to covid are you needing to wear extra PPE that would be different to a salon environment? Um, I think it's similar to a salon environment. Um, probably, I mean, I've got the visor and I've got the um the face mask. Um, I'm wearing. I've got aprons. I've got like loads of different aprons. I prefer washable aprons because 
you know, plastic, trying to save the world, things like that. Yeah, um, save the turtles. <laughs> yeah, save the turtles. Um, but one thing that I'm doing, um, which salons probably aren't doing, is um, I'm wearing shoe coverings as well. Yeah. So before I go, before I step into my client's home, I've got these like silicone reusable um, shoe coverings, wearing them in the house. Then as soon as I'm leaving, I'm taking them off and then just popping them in the wash with the rest of the kit, you know, like the towels and all of those bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything would be too drastically different from the salon. Like I ask my clients to wear masks or face coverings as well. Um, I am asking them to make sure that the appointment is still like one-to-one. Yeah. Or that if anybody is in the home, that the other people are still maintaining their social distance, yeah. um, just as it would be in a salon, and everybody's pretty happy with that. Um, and yeah, just the same things like obviously not touching a million things, touching your face, and like eating and yeah. drinking at the table and things like that. Not not. Yeah, not going going off to like put your chicken in like one of my clients. Yeah. <laughs> I were mobile she kept going um I won't be a minute I'm just off to check on chicken she were doing a roast chicken <laughs> I'm like trying to do you a pedicure <laughs> yeah so some good things to come from COVID then yeah yeah stay stay still and don't move yeah <laughs> so I've just had a quick look at some of the questions that we've had on Instagram um, for yourself so I'm just gonna have a quick look and see if there's anything that we haven't covered so one of the questions was what do you use for a table and chairs when you're mobile mm-hmm. so the table that I have is actually like um, a mobile portable manicure table it's like a specialized table Um, there's actually like an armrest which you can screw onto the table which comes with it I personally don't use that um there's also a drawer but I don't use that either um, so I literally just have the table but um, you can just get that on Amazon or if anybody would like the link to the one that I have they can just drop me a DM on Instagram and I can send that um, I really like that because it's just for me it's very ergonomic you know it's the right length it's the right width so since I've been using that I find that I work more efficiently compared yeah. to obviously working on a client's table or having any other type of foldable table because then um, you know sometimes they're not other tables are not made for purpose so one of the questions now this is a little bit different actually is do you do anything and then it says brackets rituals to get your creative juices to flow oh a drink no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> um I think when it comes to like with my clients, I always look at, you know, the things around their home. So like if somebody's like, oh, I'd love a bit of nail art, but I'm just not sure what. Um, I don't have like a set menu. I, I don't have like um, specific designs. Everything that I do is like pretty much bespoke because my thing is that it's a personalized service. Um, you tell me what your style is like, what sort of um, patterns or colors you're drawn to, and then I'll come up with something or if people have got inspiration they might send me photos and then I'll discuss it with the client and then we'll put our own spin on it so that it's a bit more reflective of them and obviously for me as an artist I'm not just doing a direct copy of somebody's somebody else's design so it's just very much looking at somebody's interior you know sometimes if I go somewhere it's really obvious that they like you know like millennial pink types of colors they're a bit more muted so it's looking at those sorts of designs and things um and then just generally from a creativity point of view I like looking at um architecture and like travel um sometimes just fashion as well and just seeing what what else is out there and just having a good browse on Pinterest although that is like a dark hole isn't it (laughs) (laughs) 1am in the morning and you're still on on your Pinterest to call pinning exactly I mean like one thing now I've got these bed sheets and it's kind of like um they're black and white but it's a bit of like a tropical leaf vibe and that is giving me so much creativity I keep saying oh I'm going to do some nails like this so it's basic things like that and you know going to my mum's house and looking at her like um her her crockery (laughs) 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 like that you know it's it's yeah I I love yeah, I love travel and interiors and things like that. So I always look at those sorts of things as well. Did we have any more questions? No, I think that's everything for the Instagram questions. Yeah. 
Um, the one thing that I did want to touch on, and we spoke about like you feeling safe when you went to people's houses. Do you put anything in place, Meta, so that like your husband or friends know where you are, they know where you're going, and things like that? Yep. Yeah, so my um, like my appointment calendar is my husband has access to it, so he will know at all times where I am. Yeah. So if you know. I'm not back within a certain number of hours then if he needs to send out a search party then he can potentially I mean I know it sounds you've it's just one of them things you've got to be um take into consideration and and just be mindful um that there is some um people out there that could be doing it for the wrong reasons oh 100 percent what what I would say is always like I don't have an online booking system um, which might sound really strange to a lot of people listening, but the reason why is because where I am mobile, I don't want people to just be going into my diary and just booking an appointment, one, without me having had any initial contact with them, because from my point of view and from a safety point of view, I still feel the need to have to vet somebody, be yeah. it via talking to them on the phone, um, be it via emails um, or messages. There has to be some sort of contact so that I can feel their vibe um so, to yeah. speak, so that I I can understand what the person is all about um and I always take a non-refundable booking fee so that usually verifies that a person is like legit they're yeah. serious um you know whether the name correlates with the person who's booking um yeah and you know I'm not afraid to say that I I will google search I was just gonna say be a Facebook stalk. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would. I do, and you have to because at the end of the day, as you said, you know, there will be some people out there who, you know, may not have your best interests at heart, and it's up to me to do my due diligence because I'm going to that person's home. So yeah. I will always do like a Google Map search. I'll do a street view so I know exactly where I'm going. I know, I kind of know where I'm going to park. Um, you know, I I know what the area is like and things like that. Um, and just having that interaction because most of the time if I'm having a phone call with somebody and it's a new um, prospective client I already know if the person's serious or not I already know if they're going to book or not just because of the way that they're talking. You just get that sort of gut feeling yeah that's the same in the salon you just know you you can put phone down and go they're not going to turn up yeah (laughs) exactly yeah you don't you don't know why but you just get that gut instinct, yeah. don't you? I had this gut Well, we had this gut instinct about one lady in particular, didn't we? Who She was coming to the salon it wasn't when we were mobile. And first gut feeling what? She's just messing us around a little bit. So I asked her to pay a booking fee. Mm-hmm. She did eventually pay it and she did show up and she paid and she left. And then the second appointment, she was half an hour late. Mm. so that was my second like right still something not right here yeah third time she came I think the third time she came was when she showed me her phone because she always did a bank transfer she showed me her phone and it said you know the bank transfer my name and the money so I like read it and let her go and it was only when I then actually checked my own bank account the money wasn't there so Mm. I rang her and said you know Oh, I'm really sorry. I know you showed me it, but I haven't actually received it. Can you just confirm? You know, can you send me a screenshot? Can you contact your bank, etc.? Did not hear anything from her. This mm. went on for weeks and weeks. I never got the money. The bottom line, but the whole, the only other thing as well. The entire time she was coming, every time she came, we had a really bad Google review left for the business. Really? Now, was it anonymous? Yeah, it was an well, it was well, under a fake name every time yeah. because obviously we have an online booking system, so we know by name if they've been. Mm, um, and the these names were counts. never we'd never heard of them. Yeah. It was just it was the weirdest thing, and it just correlated so much with the treatment she was having done and mm. the, the day she came. And I was like, this is not a coincidence anymore. I mean, luckily, yeah. I said to mum, she didn't pay a seventy pound bill. But I'd rather have paid £70 to get rid of her. So. Yeah, it's true. And did she ever come back after that? No. Yeah. No. Um, but it's, it's just weird, in it? But I was going to say, like, from a mum point of view, when Shelby was mobile, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to drill it into you, didn't I? Do yeah. not do not do this, do not do that. Where are yeah. you today? You know, 
And like, do you remember that time when you went to your client's house and her husband answered the door and he said, oh, she shan't come back from Asby yet. Love, come on in. And And I I was like, I drilled it into Shelby that badly. And this were a client's husband. Yeah. And it was a good client, and I knew her husband, so it wasn't a problem. I knew him. I'd been there so many times and met him, but I just thought, no, I don't feel comfortable with this. And yeah. the other thing, when he was hanging out of the window to tell me that she wasn't home yet, he was in his, in his <laughs> towel because he oh, just got out of the shower. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> red flag. You want to be in that situation and the towel drop. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to wait in my car because I've got a few emails to deal with and a few clients to call back. I'll just wait in my car, but thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and that's just because I drilled it into you so much. Mm -hmm. Under no circumstances, just go sit and wait in your car um, and lock the doors. (laughs) You have to. You have to look after your, you know, your safety and your well-being and things like that because you just never know at the end of the day. I think you just need to be mindful of it. So that when, if any situation does arise, you know how to sort of deal with it quite professionally and Mm -hmm. push it to one side. Mm -hmm. Because if you think too much about it, it would probably put anybody off going mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, and I'm sure the the chances are, must be so minimalistic, but you just have to be on the safer side, don't you? You just have to have it in the back of your mind, don't you, just to to have your safety and it's not even necessarily the clients you're going to visit or you know if someone's booked in under a fake name to lure you to the home Mm -hmm. it's also the areas you're going to you know if you don't know the people you don't know what the neighbors or the environment's like um so yeah just be careful yeah (laughs) are you going to finish on that note Shelby um so our advice to you is be careful yeah, I think my last question for you, and then I will finally let you go, is um. So, for anybody who's listening, who maybe is currently mobile or thinking about going mobile, what would be your like top tip? Hmm. I think probably my top tip would be know who your target market is, because that way you know who your ideal client is you know who you want to take on as a client um you know where to sort of find them and you know all your marketing and all your social media and advertising etc will be targeted towards those people so I think sometimes when you're mobile because you don't have a salon you you may not have a specific brand image but it's really important to have that brand image you know what your business stands for you know who it serves and from there it's a lot easier if that makes sense (laughs) I think what you've done meta for your business I think what's the word I'm trying to think of it's really admirable I can't say that word admirable yeah I can't say it (laughs) think of a new word um you know like it's amazing what you've done as a business to really market at that higher end as a luxury service I think it's a fantastic way to take a mobile business because I think like you say so many people think a mobile business should be cheaper should be quick should be in should be out but actually flipping it and seeing it as a luxury Mm -hmm. you know that's a really good way of making money whilst giving clients such an intimate one-to-one experience Mm -hmm. I think it's a really clever way of marketing a mobile business Thank you. And I think and I think that's the thing. I think because when I first started, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that's that was the sort of clients that I wanted to attract. So it made it a lot easier when it came to actually trying to, you know, advertise my services or you know, knowing what sort of areas I wanted to go to and where I could put myself out there. If you don't know, you're constantly thinking, okay, I need to go here, there, everywhere and you know you can almost feel a little bit lost because you don't know what your niche is you don't know where to go or what to do that yeah, makes sense. I think I think like on Dragon's Den I don't know if anybody watches it but they always say like <laughs> you find the problem and then yeah. you find a solution to the problem and if you can do that it'll work like amazingly well and like you said right at the beginning of this podcast that you found yourself in that situation where you didn't want to go to a salon yeah you'd been at work you wanted to come home and then you wanted to have still have that that pamper 
So you sort of already, whether you knew it or not, you'd already honed into your client because mm-hmm. you was the client. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. So, and, a, and a lot of other mobile nail techs, there might be, I'm a mother as well, but there might be other um, mothers with like families. So they might target other mothers as well and that might be their target audience or target yeah. market and because you know once you know then you know exactly where all those mums hang out <laughs> you know yeah. you've got that sort of common ground you know what they want you understand their needs so you can better serve them yeah but if you it don't can... have a clue then it's a lot harder yeah I think you can put it if you think about it you can put mobile into so many different categories yeah. like you know I don't know doing up a caravan or a camper van or yeah. you know driving it to one destination and carrying out several treatments if that's yeah. what you're into mobile doesn't just have to be just what people think you know just like mm-hmm. yeah one like Shelby in a polo <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know? exactly because as I mentioned before Nails by Mets we do like nationwide pop-up events so we're still yeah. mobile we're still traveling to the job or to the person um yeah. you know to the party or whatnot it it could be anything yeah yeah I think that's a good note to finish on Mecca. yeah I do too yeah so thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much, ladies. I've really enjoyed it. I hope it, I hope it's been helpful to anybody listening. Oh, I'm sure it has. I mean, this episode has had so much crammed into <laughs> one hour. Yeah. It's, we it's had so much to cover. One. Yeah, we knew. Um, like as soon as we got thinking about this episode, we were like, "Wow, it's amazing how much actually goes into owning and running a mobile business." Yeah. Um, but you have been an incredible guest to have yes, on board have. and you've dealt with our questions so well. <laughs> oh, thank you, ladies. You've been amazing hosts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at The Beauty Edit Podcast or join our Facebook group, The Beauty Edit Podcast Society. Thank you so much again and please do look out for another episode of The Beauty Edit Podcast.